for everything that you've done, Lord, and for the opportunity, Lord, that you gave us to praise you and to glorify you, Lord. And now we ask you to help us, Lord, to pay attention to your precious word, Lord, that we may treat it, Lord, like the treasure that it is, Lord Jesus, and use it, Lord, to apply it in our lives, Lord Jesus, so that we can have the, the tools to defend ourselves, the tools to have victory, Lord Jesus, the tools to pull ourselves out of whatever it is that we might be going through, Lord Jesus. We trust in this, Lord, and we just ask you to help us to, to focus on these things, Jesus. We also thank you, Lord, for the tithes and the offerings, Lord, for our jobs, Lord, for the things that you do for us, Lord, the things that go unseen that you do for us, Lord. We just thank you for everything you do, Lord. And ask you to multiply these things for the church, Lord, that the vision may continue going forward. In your name we ask this, Jesus, and we thank you for everything you do. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Gabriel to pass on up. Let's keep on praising the Lord. I'm going to get on the Dios. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless everyone, brothers and sisters. Y'all may be seated. Se pueden sentar, hermanos. God bless the group this evening. Dios bendiga a todos. Esta tarde, amen. Como estaba diciendo el hermano Lorenzo, ¿cuántos de nosotros estamos agradables? Tenemos, uh, ¿es agradable? ¿Estamos agradables? ¿Se dice? ¿Cómo? Agradecido. ¿Cuántos de nosotros somos agradecidos teniendo un trabajo? ¿Eh? ¿No tantos? No tantos, no tantos. Muchos de nosotros lo usamos a comer y tener el AC, pero no usamos el trabajo, como estaba diciendo con la ofrenda. Estamos bendecidos, hermanos, porque tenemos un Dios que sabe, sabe nuestras necesidades, lo que necesitamos. Amén. You know, I was asking how many of us are grateful for having jobs. Some of us aren't. Some of us are just tired. You know, we get tired, and sometimes that tiredness is a bitterness. Sometimes that bitterness turns into an ungratefulness. You know, we become complainers. That's a bad thing to become as a complainer. You know, sometimes you have to have an out-of-body experience. Sometimes it's a spiritual slap that happens to your face. You know, that just God comes... Call it a God smack or call it whatever you want. And he comes and shows you how blessed you are. But sometimes we're ungrateful. And it's sad when people recognize how ungrateful we are. It's sad when, we, when people recognize how ungrateful or like, you know, they, they see what you, what you, how blessed you are or things you are, and yet we're ungrateful in things that we do. Uh, and we must learn, brothers and sisters, to praise God in all things, good and bad. Man, when you can do it in bad things and you show people that, well, that's, that's next level stuff. But some of us can't even get the, fir- at the first level, which is when things are going good, we, we're not thankful. We're not appreciative. We're complainers. We're, 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 again, bitter. And we've got a spirit of bitterness. And that's a terrible spirit to have because that distances ourselves from God. It does. You look at people that murmured in the Bible, you, they stayed in the desert. I want to be a person that's grateful and seeks God in every little thing I can. Amen. Because it's easy to it's easy to get it and be ungrateful uh, in stuff. It's even harder to um, get out of these things unless we have God helping us through it. And what we can always lean on is the Word of God. Amen. 
How many have ever, has ever been ungrateful here? How many of us? And it's, it, it, there's seasons of that. There's seasons that come. Cuando nosotros, you know, no estamos agradecidos. Y hay tiempos en nuestra vida que pasan esas cosas. Pero me gustó cuando era el hermano Carlos que dijo que estaba escribiendo cosas. Y que estaba uh, leyendo, uh, escribiendo muchas páginas. You know, his brother Carlos that was talking about that, you know, he started writing down all the good things. And then you almost feel ashamed. Because you're like, man, I'm not thinking about these things. I'm thinking about how my back hurts, how this is happening, or, or, or envy, all these different things. You know, there's a message within that. You know, but when Brother Lorenzo's talking about, you know, being grateful for what God has given us. And, you know, bringing these tithes and these offerings with that grateful spirit. Not with a doubt. But let's praise God for that. Amen. God bless the kids this evening. Uh, as they go to their class, amen, and the youth also. God bless them as they uh, continue to learn uh, what God is showing them and teaching them, amen. Um, that we pray for the anointing for the teachers um, and also for the students, amen. Uh, what a blessing it is to see them, how excited they are when they go and they see each other. Um it is a blessing. I see some of the kids raising their hands, praising God. There's some kids that just get down in their praise. I mean, I, I wish I wish you guys sometimes could see what we see. I mean, there's some kids, hands up. There's some kids, you know, just jumping, shouting. And we're all, you know, we're, we're, we're again, just too used to things. And we're, you know, uh, these kids don't care. Man, I hope they keep that. I hope they keep that. I hope we don't teach them anything different. Uh, we've got to we got to continue to teach them and guide them uh, in this way, Amen. And encourage them to continue to praise God and glorify God. Well, now this is the third time that I've said Jesus said it, or Jesus said. Um, you know, I, I've 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 enjoyed doing research on this, and it's. You know, as I mentioned on the very first one, there's a lot of things that were not documented that Jesus did. You know, the Bible wouldn't be able to contain it. There wouldn't, there wouldn't be enough books. Um, because you think about, uh, you know, God here, you can only imagine the preparation that he did and things he did. They, they documented as much as they could in it. But the pivotal stuff, the most powerful stuff that he wrote, you know, is what we read from. But it's awesome when you start to see what he wrote and how it's written all over the Bible. What he said, I mean, is written all over the Bible. You begin to catch little catchphrases that he puts the pieces together in different books in the Bible. And it's exciting when you can see how the word became flesh. And we're amazed by that, amen? As I mentioned on the very first service, we talked about how controversial Jesus was. Jesus is, you think people are controversial these days? Nah, Jesus was controversial. Jesus was, he didn't care where he was at. He was going to say what the truth was. He didn't care. He didn't care about uh, 
being liked or how many views he had. He cared about what his purpose was here on earth for the time that he had. And he was controversial in, in, the, in, in the very first message we heard, you know, when he said, let the dead bury the dead. And we, don't, we think that that's just a common thing, but that's a controversial saying for a Jewish person to tell a Jewish man that, knowing the responsibilities that he has to his family. But what was he saying in this? What was he trying to teach in this? There was something valuable that he had and sometimes something valuable, it hurts, it's controversial. It has to get your attention. Sometimes you gotta get offended to pay attention. Like I was saying before, sometimes God has to spiritually smack us or something happens that comes to light that gets our attention. When he said this thing right here, as I mentioned before, you know, this is something that wouldn't have been easy to, to have heard or, or taken. Hay muchas veces, hermanos, que leemos en la Biblia y hemos estado en este, uh, que es, no es título, pero que es como mensajes, uh, tema, tema. Uh, uh, ya ando en la, eh, tres, uh, va a ser la tres veces que, lo, que voy a hablar en lo que dijo Jesús. Jesús dijo, la primera vez podemos ver que, que el Señor era una persona que, um, how do you say, controversy? Contru, ¿cómo? Controversial. No le importaba lo que dijera personas. Él, él, él era una persona que él tenía propósito. Él, él hablaba de su padre. Él, él hablaba de, de, de lo que él, él el, el, su propósito estando aquí Él siempre No, se, no puso eh, La luz en él Pero lo puso En personas Que um, Como un siervo Como dice la Biblia Pero una cosa que dijo Que era poderoso Era que dijo que, que, que dejan los muertos Que siempre Entierran Entierran los muertos Amén y eso no era algo común porque era algo que, que los judíos uh, esteman, esteman algo grande que es su responsabilidad de los hijos, de, del hijo. Y lo dijo a, a un hijo, deja que yo entero mi, mi padre. Uh, y es importante que entendemos que el Señor uh, tenía un propósito porque dijo eso. Le estaba hablando, estaba enseñando a los discípulos que difícil es seguirle. What he was showing the disciples at this time when he said comments like this that were controversial is that, look, look, you're going to put your heart emotions and they're going to get between us. But you need to understand that they can't. You can say, man, Jesus, you were cold. You're cold-blooded, Jesus. You're ruthless. How, how many times, like I said on that first message, how many times have you denied Jesus for less than that? He was saying, look, just let's make it, let's be real in this. Let's, let's be honest in this stuff. You know, if you're going to pick your family over following me or making a decision that includes me in it, being committed to me, then you're not worthy of me. 
And it seems so cold, right, for Jesus to say that. Because, see, Jesus understood one thing. When we choose Jesus, we choose our family. See, the problem is, is that we don't see that. We're like, oh, no, no, no. I got to, you know, I got to do these things. I got this, 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 and that. If I don't do this and this. Now, you just keep on putting Jesus below, and you're choosing your family over Jesus, which means that everything that Jesus had planned for you and your family gets delayed, gets pushed. But man, when you start making those sacrifices and you hear them, you hear brothers and sisters, man, we, we've had brothers and sisters here. We've had sisters here that have come and knowing that their husbands, when they get home, am I right? Or am I just making that up? Was that a novella that I saw? No, we've had, you know, brothers and sisters that have really been committed, knowing that there's consequences for their commitment. Here we've known. Around the world, there's even greater ones where people lose their life for serving Christ. But we sometimes, like I said, for less things, we deny him. And we, we bend. And Jesus said, look, I'm just going to define it as, as something controversial here and let the dead bury the dead, right? And on the second one, we, we talked about the verse where he said, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Some of us, could, we, we actually could have probably talked about that one first, but we needed to talk about how, how Jesus needed to find, you know, for, we can't understand what the kingdom of God is if, if we're so focused on the kingdom around us. And see, on the first, on the first uh, verse that he talked about, let the dead bury the dead, he was trying to clarify something. You cleared the platform saying, look, what's your kingdom is not my kingdom. As soon as you can understand that with the shock and awe by me telling you, let the dead bury the dead, now you can understand what my kingdom is. Now that you see my kingdom and it's, it's, it's going to be following me, if you seek it, now here's the rewards of your family benefiting from it. Our God's a just loving God. He's not going to give you a child that you can hold and love and, and nurture just to allow you to abandon them. But man, I tell you one thing, the story of Jonah, it, man, I love the story of Jonah. I love the story of Jonah because they started throwing stuff over the ship, right? Instead of throwing Jonah over the ship. And sometimes we got parents that are throwing stuff over their ship. Uh-oh. Brother Gabe, what are you talking about here? Oh, yeah, yeah, the problem's not the ship. The problem's not, you know, the captain either. It's what's on, who's on the ship that's causing the problem. But parents, again, they'll go down with the ship. And some children need to wake up on things like that too. Uh-oh, Brother Gabe, what are you talking about now? Where are you going? In? What are you talking about, Gabe? Well, some of you have little ones, so I'm just maybe giving you some insight of the future. That if you're not willing to address the problem, then you might go down with the problem. But when you trust in God and you say, God, I'm going to trust you, it's going to hurt, but I'm going to trust you. Seek ye the first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? That's our faith, brothers and sisters, is understanding what those things are and how we need them. So tonight, I'd like to start in Proverbs 8.35. And we read here in Proverbs, Porque el que me hallaré, Hallará la vida y 
alcanzaré, alcanzará el favor de Jehová. For whosoever findeth me, findeth life. And shall obtain favor of the Lord. Now what's beautiful about that verse, brothers and sisters, and God bless Brother Lorenzo if he's translating. It's, everybody knows that my, like my dad said on Sunday, my Spanish isn't the best. I'm a Utah Mexican. That's where I was at last week, Utah. But I saw you, soy de Utah, Mexicano que no hablan, no hablan tanto el español. Pero Dios bendiga hermano Lorenzo. Él es puro Mexicano. I like how it says right here, we're talking about, again, making a decision here. We talked about it, you know, let the dead bury the dead. You come and follow me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then right here, it makes a decision that's pretty clear, right? It says, for whoso findeth me, findeth life. Now, brothers and sisters, how many of us have children here? I have children, so I'm going to raise my hand. Okay? Okay, so our number one responsibility is what? Nobody wants to answer it. Everybody forgets about being a parent. I really don't know anymore. I'm scared to answer that, Brother Gabe. Get it, Gabe. No, no, you're good. So everybody's afraid to answer the responsibility to it or figure out what it is, right? Because they're like, do I say something or he's going to? No, 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 no. Our responsibility is raising our children, right? But we're raising them for a purpose that they're committed to God, to raise them in the things of God, right? We know the, but our responsibility in that process is to make sure we find him. If we don't find him, how do we ever expect our kids to find him? You're, I like, I hate to say it, but you're a fool if you think that your kids are going to find him if they saw you daily not finding him. I've said this before in the past. The number one reason for atheism is people seeing people say that they worship a God but deny him every day. So our responsibility is, and this is where it becomes selfish. This is the only thing that Jesus likes you to be selfish in. Gabe, are you sure about this? What you're about to say is when you're working on yourself. That's awesome. Jesus is like, work on yourself all day long. Let the word be for you. Because he understands one thing, that the purpose that you have is when you're doing it for you is that the little ducklings behind you are seeing everything. And it's difficult, brothers and sisters, because you know what? Because the old person wants to come out. We've heard about it. All these things want to come out, right? But it's a work in progress. Do you know what a work in progress means? It's not finished yet. See, we get so beat up on that stuff, and that's why sometimes we don't come. That's why we do. I don't know what to say when he says what our responsibility is with kids. Because some of us are still lost in that, that they're everything to us. They're everything. That Jesus barely has a little, has a spot on Wednesday and Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sundays. And sometimes not even that. Uh oh. You don't want to hear me, do you? I, I need to leave, don't I? We want some people here with some, I need to put on my soft gloves, the Mickey Mouse ones, those big puffy ones. No, 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 I'm talking the truth here, brothers and sisters, because we're going down a path and society is changing now. It's going fast. And some of you, 
it used to be years when things would change. You know, our, our parents saw for, for a while there, they still had the Brady Bunch playing on TV. Father still knew best. And then that era came where married with children and, and the dad's a bum and, and now all these other ones where families are breaking up. Oh, no, no, no. See, you don't see it because sometimes we're, we're numb to it. You know, you, know, you know, before you get operation or they, they work on your mouth, they numb you, don't you? Don't they? And see, some of us are getting too numb with the way the world is, too accustomed to it. But for some of us that remember those innocent times and all that stuff, it's our responsibility through the word of God to pass those on to our children. And we see here, it says, for whoso findeth me, findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. 36. Mas el que peca contra mí defrauda su alma. Todos los que me aborrecen aman la muerte. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Now, nobody here, praise God for that. There were some times though, brothers and sisters, and, and we've seen it, that I could have said, nobody here hates God. And there could have been somebody that would have raised their hand saying, I do. Everybody's like looking around, right? I'm talking about through the ministry. We've had some people that were really rebellious, borderline wanting to say that they worship Satan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, we've seen it all. And we remember that. We remember, you know, people doing graffiti and doing stuff in, in books here and leaving them here. Like somebody would have said, everybody here loves Jesus, right? And everybody says amen. But there is times here where some people don't. And you can see here that the word of God says. But see, brothers and sisters, then Jesus came and he says, you know, you love me with what? Ellipse. But you're what? It's far from me. So, brother and sister, we need to start figuring out how we can bring our heart and what we're doing and how we're living our actions to God. And it's powerful when you hear comments and you hear things like, I'm trying to change, brother and sister, I want to pray for me for this stuff. Those are great moments because it's hard, it's hard, it's difficult, but you're doing it. You got to keep on doing it, you got to keep on working on it. But man, when you don't say anything at all, uh uh-oh. Everything's all right. You don't do anything wrong. You don't need anything. I think we all need something every day. Let's not ever think that it's okay because that's a place where danger comes. Amen. If we keep on reading here in Proverbs 12, 28. En el camino de la justicia está la vida. Y la senda de su vereda no es muerte. In the way of righteousness is life. And in the pathway thereof, there is no death. Now, brothers and sisters, again, we're we're talking about let the dead bury the dead, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then we're talking about making a decision. 
And, and I can't tell you who, who's the hardest one at it, if it's going to be the wife or the husband. I can't tell you that. I, I sometimes think it's harder for the wife because the wife, you know, that's, you know, the wife's with the baby and doing stuff. And, but you know what? Sometimes it's, it's the husband too. But right here, the word of God is telling us when, when it's hard for you and you're struggling with it and you're just doing whatever, you know, your heart's telling you or it's like, well, it's just this is the way, you know, it is to, to love your family then you might be introducing death. And I think the most important thing is for you is at any time to recognize this and to stop it. It doesn't matter if you're at the age of a grandparent, if your kids are already old, or if your kids are still being held by you and not walking on their own. You got to learn these things that if you don't prioritize your life and put God first before your heart, before what you want to do, before, you know, you, you're, you're envisioning your desires for your children. And this is the dangerous part because we start to lose our direction. We start to lose our direction on what we're following because our heart tells us this, tells us that. When God in his word is telling us clearly what we should do. So it's important for us to prioritize our life, but put God first in things. And it's difficult. How many of us have struggled with that? How many of, you, how many of us have struggled with that? Our heart has deceived us. Your heart doesn't deceive you. Some of y'all praise the Lord for that. Maybe, maybe you can give me some of that. Sneeze on me or something. If I can catch that. But if you struggle with that, and that's something that you're struggling with, and you continue to struggle with it, there's a time where it's, you got to just make the decision and say, okay, look, i got to try this different because everything I've tried hasn't worked. You just get tired. You're like, I've tried these things, but it's just my heart deceiving me. And like I said, like Jonah, it's like, it's like sometimes, and it's the saddest thing as a parent, when you love your child and does do all this stuff and they still hurt you. I don't know if my dad remembers this. He doesn't, he has a good memory though. But I remember calling him one night and I was crying. I kept on telling him, I'm sorry. He's like, well, I'm sorry that I used to lie to you. Because I just felt right now I was lied to and it hurt from somebody that I loved. And I'm sorry. I felt it. And I, as a parent, that was before I was a parent. That was before, you know, God was taking me down that path. But God started teaching me something. That, you know, my kids now, you know, you know, Gabriel's officially. By the law, a man. I'll tell you when he is, though. But he can make a decision. He can hurt me. Now, am I prepared to let that stop me from seeing God? Or was I part of that, feeding it? Like I told you, my decision as a, as a parent one day, you know, when he came up to me, he's like, hey, can I play peewee football? So. I said, well, you know, I didn't want to be the one that told him no. 
You guys all know the story to that. And I said, look, I'll tell you why. I know you want to play an instrument. Well, I'll let you pick. You pick football or I'll will we'll get you lessons. We'll get you a really nice instrument so you can practice and play, but you decide. And I always tough for me because I could have just said, you're going to, why don't you do this instead, right? And then he doesn't want to really do that. And at the same time, I'm thinking to God, I'm praying to God, I'm saying, God, you know, you know, and you can now see because of his decision, he doesn't know how to catch a football. But God gave him a talent and continues to bless him because of the decisions. And you can see it in decisions from people that have chosen things that honor God. And that's a blessing. It's tough, right? Because, hey, I'm, I, everybody kind of, you know, I, and he could have won maybe five Super Bowl rings with the Cowboys in my mind. Like the guys that said he would have played for the Longhorns and won a national championship. All these things, right, that a dad wants. Dated the homecoming queen. Oh, wait a second. Dad did that one already. Uh-oh, pray for me, brothers and sisters. Sometimes, again, I go down. I'm going to be in trouble with that one with my wife. I'll tell you guys her birthday's tomorrow. This is Jennifer's birthday's tomorrow, amen? But, <laughs> again, our heart sometimes deceives us instead of God giving us wisdom in moments that are defining for our families. And that's why when I, you know, I ask the question, we make mistakes as parents. I made other mistakes. So I'm not saying that that was a, the only perfect thing. I've made other mistakes, a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. But I got to come back and, and, and regroup and try it again. Amen. But man, when you start asking God for wisdom and you start saying, God, convict me, you know, convict my heart, Jesus, to, to choose righteously choose you righteously because again sometimes we get numb the world numbs us and that numbness bitterness comes and and we don't even appreciate God for things that he does and it's sad when like I said when the world sees it and the world labels us that man you know this person you know they actually have it pretty good you know they you know they at least have their children and and, and wife that loves them they you know, they, they're surviving, you know, and I'm sleeping in my car. They have a home. Oh, you don't know what it is, brothers and sisters. You don't know what it is. Some of us had experienced times where we didn't know where we were going to eat. There's people that are experiencing that right now that we're complaining to. You believe that? Oh, you don't know what it is. That's why sometimes we need that God smack so God can awaken us. If we turn to Proverbs 14, 12. Actually, brothers and sisters, I'm sorry. If we can actually turn to the last verse I gave you, Anthony. I don't know why I didn't change it, but John 14, John 14, 1. 
Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me. Now we're getting into something that Jesus said here that's controversial. Again, we're going to get into something that's controversial. You got to see here that Jesus is talking to people that, you know, remember who's Jesus to them. They don't know who he is. I don't know to and he's about to he's about to get very controversial because he says you believe in God but also believe in me now that's it, ultimate that's blasphemy to people they didn't believe he was a messiah and so he starts off with saying that let your heart not be troubled let your heart oh I'm sorry let not your heart be troubled So brothers and sisters, I like how he starts this chapter here with explaining something. He wants to explain something. If you're going through something, if you're going through trouble, if something, if you got pressure in your life, Sometimes that pressure comes so we can see how much we believe in him and trust in him. It's a blessing when somebody says, man, I'm going through this thing, but I feel like I'm getting closer to God. I needed this in my life. I don't know what would have happened if this wouldn't have came into my life. I probably would have ended up in hell. That one didn't get too many amens. But it's true. When that pressure comes, the word of God says right here, let your heart not be troubled. Believe in God, but believe in me. And then we read verse two. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I would, I'm sorry, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Verse three. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may also be. Now, brothers and sisters, see, see, we see where it's at in John. This is getting close to where he came by. But he's also explaining to you that this by isn't forever. You see, brothers and sisters, and we and we 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 come here as believers. We didn't walk with Jesus. We didn't talk with Jesus. We didn't see miracles physically. So it's easier for us sometimes to believe because I gotta believe for the ones that saw it and then he's not there anymore. It's like I seen it, he's not there anymore. And he says, When you're not gonna see me, don't think I just hated you and left you. Don't think I just abandoned you. But see, we're in a different state because we never seen him, but he touched us. He touched our hearts. He motivated us. We fell in love with him. But he says, hey, when you don't feel like I'm there, just know I'm doing something. Because when I come back for you, I've prepared something for you. I love this. I love how Jesus, see, it affects two people. The, the people that it affects, first of all, is the people he was with, the disciples and believers that were there, that, you know, he, he, his mom, 
people that, you know, experienced him. And he's saying, hey, I'm coming back. And when I come back here, I've prepared something for you. And and you're going to be there with me. Verse four. And whether I go, ye know, and that the way ye know. Verse five. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Now, brothers and sisters, this is what's so important. I, I, I love verses. We've read these before. I love it. I, that's what's so powerful about the word of God is, is how it can be different in our life when we're, it's different in our life, when there's different times in our lives. And I love here that you have Thomas, right? And in the famous term that they gave Thomas, what is doubting Thomas, right? And you see here that he says, you know, Lord, we don't know where you're going. That's a moment where, you know, if we could have seen, we could see Jesus like, I've been here with you. I've been telling you, this is not my home. It's not my place. This is not going to be your place either. You know, Jesus had laid it out pretty clearly in this, but Thomas is still not catching it. And sometimes we're not catching it here, even though we're here and we're hearing the word of God and we hear the blessings of God. We also hear curses from God. We also hear, you know, different things and we don't catch it. And we'll get up sometimes and, and we'll say something that's showing us that we're not catching it. Or, or, or we live our life or actions that we do uh, shows that we're not catching and we're not getting it. So Thomas has that moment here and he says something very key and he says, how can we know? If we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? So Jesus started this off like, look, because this was getting towards the end and he could sense that people were feeling troubled here. Why? Because remember, they were traveling in the nighttime. It wasn't any more daylight. They would go through, through the nights now to do stuff because now the heat was on Jesus and he could see that he was looking there and he could see that the disciples were worried. Like, don't be worried. Don't be worried. Thomas is like, man, but I'm worried and I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I, I don't know where you're going and how am I going to know the way if I don't know where you're going? How many of us have ever, you know, somebody says, told us, hey, I'll meet you there at a new place. And, and you're like, well, where, where's it at? Well, uh, you, you just follow me. And, you know, Gabriel, Gabriel can't do that. I told him, just follow me. He goes, no, no, I need it. Let me look up the address. Let me put it on my GPS. Because we all know that you could get lost. Somebody can hit a light and you keep on going, right? So we see Thomas here afraid that he wasn't going to know what Jesus was talking about, the place that he was going. And so now we see Jesus say something that's, Pivotal and something that we know in verse six, he says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the father, but by me. Now, 
what, what, what's, what's unique here is that Thomas said, what did he say? I don't know where you're going. How am I going to know what? The way, right? But, but, but Jesus put not only the way there, he put truth in life, which is something important because, because brothers and sisters, how did he start off the passage? Don't be troubled, right? Don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. I'm preparing something from you, for you. And see, then he comes out and he says, I am the way, because see, if Thomas understands that Jesus, Jesus is his direction, then he's not going to get lost. And, and then he says something, I am the way, the what? So the truth part of it has to be the part that we trust in what he's telling us. It's character. That person's a truthful person. Anything he tells you, you can believe it. So he says, I am the way. I am the truth. So what I'm telling you not to be troubled and that I'm going and I'm preparing something for you, you got to believe it. And then he says something really, you know, he says, I am the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, brothers and sisters, what he's telling us here is that when we find him, we have everything in him. And see, life represents the purpose. You see, some of us don't feel like we've had purpose where we've accomplished things or, or we're still feeling a little void in something. You haven't experienced Jesus then because you would have direction, you would trust in him, and your life would have purpose. See, some of us are just like, oh, I just don't know. I don't know if I did it all, what I needed to do, you know. If I would have just finished this or I would have done this or I could have done this differently, who cares about that stuff? If you have Jesus, you have a direction. You have trust. You believe him. And your life has purpose. You see, brothers and sisters, this is why it was so, it was so, you know, Thomas had to set up, there had to be a Thomas for him to explain this to him, to us. Because again, this world will numb us. We hear things, these brothers and sisters, the stuff, the stuff that we are, can see, (laughs) some of that stuff just freaks us out. And I'm just talking about, I'm talking about now spiritual realms. You know, some of us get on little news tangents or whatever it is. I'm talking about spiritual realms that's coming. You know, some of us are addicted to dark web stuff, stuff that the government doesn't tell you about. I'm talking about revelations. And we're starting to see the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't think we understand that, you know, we just, we understand segments of that term, but I'm talking about days of Sodom and Gomorrah that are tremendous and how they vexed Lot's life. 
and you'll, it'll be around you, it'll be in front of you, and you got to be prayed up. And you got to be prepared to, to call on Jesus. And I believe during these times, brothers and sisters, that the power's going to be in the church. The power's going to be in us. The power to call out things. I heard from a, I heard from, I was talking to a brother and he told me, he goes, um, my first wife. She became a lesbian. When I was still married to her. He told me this. And he said, he goes, she would do stuff to get me anger, angry. And when I wouldn't get angry, I would hold her and I would start praying and her eyes would roll back. And right then when I saw that, I knew I was dealing with the spirit that had entered. You see, brothers and sisters, we haven't seen everything yet, but it's going to get faster and quicker in the things that we see. We're seeing glimpses of it, but this is not our place and it's not for us to be troubled. But I've always told you the, the, the verse that's baffled me, right? What's the verse that's baffled me? Everybody remember the verse that baffles Gabriel? Nobody? When they tell Jesus, you know, uh, they're crying for him and he says what? Don't cry for me because one day it'll be a blessing when a woman cannot have a child. And I thought at all times, how can that ever be a blessing? Unless the world is in a place where you would not want to bring a child into. Now, some of us can say we're in that time right now. No, 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 no. You got to understand, brothers and sisters, that we're not. Right now, we need to get stronger and pass that on to our kids. But there's going to come a time where they'll say that's a blessing. I don't ever know how that ever could be said that, but they are going to say that that's the time. And for us, our, our trust and our confidence must be in God that he is what? Directing us? That what he has told us is the truth? His character? I'm not man to lie when he said that? And what? That we must feel that we have purpose when we have him. You should have a purpose. You shouldn't be like, uh, eh, eh. No, you should get up and feel something when you're up. If you're not, then you got to ask, am I in a Thomas moment? Not that I'm just doubting him, that I don't understand who he is. That I'm not hearing his direction. That I'm not believing his word. And then I'm not feeling the purpose of him in my life. Now, if we turn to Isaiah 30, 21. And thy ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, this is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. Now, what I like about this verse, when you start to see the chapter itself, it titles the chapter. I'll tell you what it says here. It says, 
Woe to the rebels who trust in Egypt. And I like this, brothers and sisters, because if you read from 1 to, I want to say, 17, it talks about the rebelliousness of Israel. But right here in 18 on, it talks about the mercy of God. And that God's voice is going to come to the people of God, the people that recognize him, what we read in Proverbs. It's going to come to God. His voice is going to come to his people. And he's going to direct us. He's going to direct us. But again, if we're, having a, if we're having our Thomas moments that we're waking up and we don't understand what our direction is, that what we're going to do, where we're headed, if to really believe word that we've read, or if that we're even living a purposeful life. You can't live a purposeful life and not have a direction. You've got to first realize that you're lost and that he can direct you. But when you understand your loss and you understand the trust, which is in the truth, that where he directs you, it could be storms. But that he's there with you because you trust him because of his character of truth. And now your life has purpose. And some of us, we... We're struggling with the purpose side of it. But we see here that when God's grace comes back to us, we're gonna, you, you're, you start to hear stuff differently. You start to hear them clearer. You start to hear them clearly. Some of us don't hear them clearly. There's too much noise in our life. There's too much noise in our life. We're not hearing them cl- clearly. What is the noise that's in your life right now? What is it? Is it again, is it your heart? That's deceiving? That's confusing? That's not allowing you to be directed by him? Is it rebelliousness? Sometimes we just, we'll just, we're rebellious until our pride doesn't allow us to do something. No, I'm going to keep on doing it. I know that they say it, but I'm going to keep on doing it. It's not hurting anybody but who? Ourselves. So when we hear God speaking to us and God's telling you something, this is the, the relationship right here that God puts in you. It doesn't matter where you're at. It, you could be here in church. You could be around the world, traveling or doing anything, or Lucia living in around the world, and God's going to speak in your ear because you found favor. He's going to tell you things and don't be amazed and shocked by him because it's like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way now or thinking this way now. Don't question it, embrace it and see what it is to get closer to him and where he takes you. If we turn to Proverbs 14, 12, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof 
are the ways of death. Now, brothers and sisters, we know this verse, but again, sometimes our directions, we get lost. And sometimes that, again, God correction has to come. Because our direction isn't the direction that he has for us. What have I told you guys? Say, I'm asking you all these questions because you guys don't listen. Because I'm going to ask you the second time when I've said something. What have I told you the, the worst fear I have? Anybody? Nobody remembers. No, no, no. The worst fear I have in my life. What have I told you? Look at you guys. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. I'm pretty loud and it should give you some kind of memory of something that I say. It's not like I'm like, Bueller, Bueller. I told you that being on my deathbed and thinking the last thought is that I live a God-filled purpose life. That I live it. What God had wanted from me. I think about that. I've been with people that have passed away. I've seen that stuff. And I think about that. Am I going to be there? I'm going to be like, did I not do what God wanted me to do? Because again, sometimes our hearts, our desires skew us from what God has for us. You know, it's an easy question. It's like, you know, and the enemy will come with distractions in our lives, decisions. You know, Brother Lorenzo talks about the example of early on in his life where he was going to be missing church. He was going to be missing church. I remember that whole time. I was afraid he was going to start asking me for money. I didn't have no money. Just a little kid. He wasn't working for months and it was probably going to be, but I still remember that's a testimony that he has, that he trusted in God. But, That being said, sometimes, again, our heart will convince us something. No, I'm going to do this. This is the right thing to do. I'm going to take that job that I know I'm going to start missing services, but God understands that I need it right now. When God just says, just wait a little bit, trust in me just a little bit, and you're going to see what I can do. But see, we got to see it physically. We're like, God, I'll believe it when it's in my bank account. I'll get a notification. No, no, but when you start, and I'm talking about challenging God in faith, man, that's one that he always wins because he pays out. But sometimes we struggle in these things too and this is where our heart starts to take over and our doubts and all this stuff. Well, you know what? I might need to get a second job. I'm probably going to start missing, but you, you understand, right, brother? That's not... I don't think that's God's purpose. Start believing that verse when it says that he is what? The what? The way? The truth and the life. If we start believing that, all these other things start clearing themselves. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm talking to people here that look at me and say, Gabe, you, you must not understand. It's, you, you must be too comfortable in life. 
some of y'all that think that, praise the Lord, then God's doing something right. But I struggled in life. We struggled in life, my wife and I. And you have to come to a point where you just start to, okay, when I believe that verse, then I start leaving the struggle. And I'm talking about man-made struggles. There's still going to be struggles. But I start leaving, leaving that struggle that I was creating. Some of y'all understand what I'm talking about? Some of us understand struggles that we create? There's a different struggle between just struggles that you have in life and struggles that you're creating for yourself. Uh, see, the ones that you can hear saying amen are the ones that have overcome that. The ones that aren't saying anything at all are still in it. But you need to hear the ones that are saying amen because they, they're telling you, oh, yeah, I remember that. The ones that are still struggling in it, they're. And I've been there too, and I was there too. I was the one. Praise God for his grace and mercy and his love and his hammer. Some of y'all don't, don't know this about me, but I'm pretty stubborn. Some of y'all don't know that. Some of y'all don't could never imagine that. Not you, Brother Gabe. <laughs> That's shocking. But I'm, there's other stubborn people here, and I can call you out too. I know you. Hey, hey, we, hey, we know each other. <laughs> we, we know our kind. <laughs> but man, it's awesome when we turn that stuff and we're seeing ourselves here, even though we're going through something. Because that's what the stubbornness can be, like pastors talked about, reversing it. Whatever you have, you, you see as, a, as a, uh, a disability, turn it around and use it as an ability for God. I got angered, bro. Good. Get angry for what the devil does sometimes and pray. You might be a prayer warrior because you're always angry at what God's doing. I remember one time I called pastor again too. I don't know if he remembers this one. He's going to tell me he remembers them, though. I told him, I'm angry. I'm angry, Dad. Why? I'm angry what the devil just did to that brother. That was a good brother. I had a lot of good memories with that brother. We would travel and be singing songs, and he'd be reading scriptures while we were driving around. Innocent. When I was young, and I saw the devil destroy his life, I'm angry right now. What did I use that anger for? 17 years of doing youth. That's what triggered me. My wife and I, we had just gotten married. We had just had Gabriel. Oh, Josh Josh and I don't know if Chris went, they would go out to the house in the lake. Richard, you remember dropping them off? Richard might not remember. Because God put something in my heart that I was on fire for and it lit it. And man, it's a fire that doesn't get put out when God does it. That's purpose. Some of you just angry and you're just angry. That's boring. Let God use what you got. Oh, everybody's going to be on Friday. This Friday's prayer is going to be good. Everybody's like, brother, I want to talk about what I got and how I want God to use it. Oy! 
I throw pots and pans. I don't know if God can use that one, okay? I'm good. But it's anger. We'll just put it in the anger side and God will use it. If we turn to John 8, 32, amen? I like this verse right here too. It says, and he shall know the truth and the truth will what? So brothers and sisters, the way is the direction. Some of us are lost. Some of us are struggling. Some of us were lost until we had that moment where it was like, you know, Jesus is like, make up your mind what you're going to do here because you're just struggling. And the word comes and, and ex- exhortation comes and, and we feel these things and we felt these things and we were lost, but we start seeing clearly, okay, okay I can see Jesus, now I'm going to start following him. But then we start talking about the truth and the truth, it, it, the truth is going to set you free, but at the same time, it's going to, going to correct you something's got to break a chain but 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 we can trust that his truth the trust that we have in him man if we could just have some people here that you know what bro i've been struggling here lately i've been doubting god i needed to hear that i need to trust him because i've been just in a bad and i've been in a bad rut I've been in a bad rut. But now I want to trust in him. I want to trust in his word. Right when those moments happen, it's like everything aligns itself and freedom comes. You ever, you ever, you guys know, you guys ever have heard the term dog pile? What a dog pile is? No? Oh, come on, brother. Well, they used to do it over there. Probably when you play soccer, everybody jumps on the person on the bottom because they did good, and they're just like, and then the person at the bottom is like, I can't, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And then they all get off laughing, right? They don't do it like to, to kill the person. Don't, brother Raul's like, oh, man, that's a, horrible, that's a horrible thing you guys do here. It's, it's a play, right? They play because they're so excited, and the person's like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Some of us, some of us, we aren't, saying we can't breathe. We're just not breathing. Because see, we keep this weight on us still and we're not being free from things. And it's sad because, you know, I brought a message one time and it was about sometimes we're in in prisons that the door's open, it's not even closed and we're still sitting in our cell. It's like nobody's in the prison anymore. You're just still sitting in there like you're locked up. Doors wide open. You can walk out at any time. But we're picking to stay in our prison cell. And again, sometimes we're still picking for this weight to be on us. When God says the truth is what's going to set you free. Some of us are afraid of the truth, though. Some of us still go back to childish ways where we're like, I don't want to go tell my mom and dad I broke that window. I just know what's going to happen. We still feel like that here. Well, you know, I'm not going to tell, you know, brothers and sisters what I'm going through or what what my plans are because we're afraid of it. So we hide. And when we start to hide from things like this, Adam and Eve, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Why are you guys hiding? 
if we if we turn to John sixteen thirteen. John sixteen thirteen. How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you in all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Now, brothers and sisters, this is what's powerful. We've read this verse before. This is God's promise to us of the Holy Spirit. And the power that the Holy Spirit has over us. Because see, when you get into this world where he's directing you and you're trusting in him and your life is being fulfilled in his purpose, then the Holy Spirit starts to talk to you of things that are out of this world. Brother James was talking about an out of the world moment on Sunday. He might have thought I forgot about it. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's funny that you said that too, brother, because that was a powerful moment in my life. And I know it wasn't yours too for you to mention it. Where the Holy Spirit fell on us. And we didn't want to leave. It was late at night. We're like, oof. I remember getting home and lying next to my wife and my heart was just. And do you remember what that whole conversation started, James? It was, let's sit up in the front and let's support pastor by praising God. That's where that started. It wasn't just our faith like, oh, God can move mountains. It was like, let's be obedient. Because right now there was tough times that were going on. I remember that. So it's powerful when you have this moment when God comes and touches you. But you got to see what triggers those moments and not just think it was a coincidence. If we turn to Genesis 2, 7. I like this verse. I, I, don't know, I don't know why I really enjoy Genesis. I really enjoy the, the creation of man because I feel like man's being created every single day and is void of life. You can see that man is turning back into the beginning. Because you, you read here and it says, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, right? The breath of life and man became a living soul. But you know what, brothers and sisters? It, 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 he became a living soul, but he still did not have what? Direction. He still did not have what? Purpose. Until God started commanding him what to do. You see, some of us, we have life. We're here. We're like, brothers, I'm just, I'm appreciative because I got life. But you ain't got purpose. You ain't got direction. See, Adam had life in him because God breathed it in him, which is what the creation of man is. But he didn't have purpose until God said, name the animals. You see, some of us are struggling in finding our purpose. And this is why we get up and like, well, you know, I'm your brother's sister, I'm just praying. Look, you don't got to do stuff like that. You just got to start seeing him. You got to start believing him. And your purpose is going to be found. Your life will have purpose. With following him. 
And sometimes it's let the dead bury the dead. <gasps> That's not my God. My God's love. Uh-uh. Your God is controversial. Your God is going to have you do something or it's going to tell you something that's like, huh? We'll sell all your stuff and what? Give it to the poor and follow me? That's how beautiful God is. This is why we can't love something too much. What do you mean by that, Brother Gabe? Well, you see, there's a moment in my life where my wife becomes second to God. And see, and we struggle with this. And I become second to her, to God. But the love we have for God is what makes us unbreakable. Because we go back to Genesis where God talks about the bond between man and woman. There's people here that are struggling in marriages because they haven't gone back to the bond. To cleave to him. Cleaving means you're almost hanging on somebody. That there's no gap and room for the devil. But what happens? The cleave stopped and the devil came. Because again, they didn't understand the purpose. They didn't understand what their purpose was. They didn't understand. They didn't understand. And it's interesting because Adam had the purpose to name the animals. And maybe we could see here that Eve didn't find her purpose yet. She didn't understand the purpose yet. So it's important to have your direction clear in him. To believe him in the word. Not to try to correct the word and, and, and change the word. Where it also says this, Brother Gabe. You're, you're, you, go ahead and do that. And you're, you're missing that God has inspired this message tonight. You're just wanting to have a debate. We could put a microphone here and says, well, the word of God says this too. That's not what God is doing in us. It's sometimes impactful. It's sometimes telling us something we need to hear. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have what? Life and have it what? Abundantly. You see, brothers and sisters, I love it. I love, I love it. And I, and I'm, and I'm, I praise God. I'm not, I am not an envious person at all. And I can say that here freely. I can say that here freely. I love hearing people getting blessed. I love it. I honestly do. Because I know when they are, there's a story behind it. There's the story where the struggle was there. I love it. I used to tell kids and youth all the time, man, I, I'm, I cannot wait till one day you grow up and you do amazing things. And, and I, I can say I knew that person. Because in my heart, I feel that. But this is the big but. The way, the truth, the life. It's only going to happen if you can see him, if you can believe him, 
in your life becomes the purpose of following him. How could Jesus say he was the way, the truth, and the life? As controversial as that would be. How can he say to believe God and then believe him? As controversial that would be. Well, you could see where Thomas was at in his thoughts. I don't know where you go. How will I know the way? Well, it's because Thomas, you didn't understand what I said to believe in me. If we turn to Isaiah 41.10, I'm going to ask the group to come up here. Isaiah 41.10. How many of us know this verse? Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am the way, the truth, the life. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. We're going to actually do the track. Fear not. Be not troubled. What is going on in your life right now? What is going on in your life right now? I love it when people start to talk about the struggle and the change that's happening. I love it when a parent gets up and says, you know what, I was an, I'm an enabler. I'm an enabler. My kids don't know what it is to, for it to be bad. Why? Because I enable good things happening to them. So this is where, where the freedom starts to happen. This is where the, the truth has set you free because you understand the importance of people resolving that before it becomes their problem. can't be too proud to expose something that could help someone. I, I, I was an enabler. I, 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 I didn't do these things. I, I, I was asleep. My kids still do things. That's where we got to, something's got to wake us up and say, Okay, if my kids are not wanting to serve God, then they don't care if a curse enters into my home. Do they really love me? Do they really love me? And I told many a youth before, and I tell them, tell anybody here today that you don't. Your love's cheap. And like I told you, I've said this before too, we won't change because of our kids either. It's, that's a myth. There's people that are still drug addicts and they have their kids and they've lost them. They didn't change because of their kids. You're going to change when something inside of you wants to change for you. This is where God's got to meet you at that point. And when you change and it's real, it don't matter what kind of chain was holding you down. It's going to be free. 
God doesn't get moved by emotions, by crying, by tears. Because the troubles are still there. He gets moved when the change happens. He's powerful in that. He can see our heart. He sees beyond the facade, the mask. Oh, a God smack. We can't be afraid of it. Because it's what's going to make us sometimes see that mask come off. Oh my gosh, there I am. I was that. I am that. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters? Lord Jesus, we come before you tonight, Father. We're grateful, Jesus. We're grateful, Lord, for your love, for your grace, Lord. We're grateful for your word, Lord, that your word is truth, Jesus. We ask, Father, that if you've spoken into our ear, Lord, because of your grace, Lord, and you've told us something, you've corrected something, Lord, that we don't look for somebody else to, hopefully they heard it, they listened to that, that we listened to it that we heard it, that we apply it to ourselves. Oh, that would have been a good one for so-and-so to hear. Oh, I remember that when I went through that. It's now and only right now that you care about Jesus. What we do with now, Jesus. If we have fallen asleep in the bottom of the ship while the ship is tearing apart, as things are being thrown overboard, if we have fallen asleep, Jesus, we asked for the spiritual wake up. Whatever it may be, Lord, to make us recognize, Jesus, that you are God and you have dominion. You are mighty, Jesus. We're grateful, Lord, for your love, whatever it takes, Jesus. Some of us parents got to get to a point where it's better that our children enter heaven not walking. That our children enter heaven without an arm. But that they entered heaven. I don't know what it is, Jesus. I don't know what you speak to, Lord, but whatever you speak to, I know, Father, that it's to the depths of our soul. We ask that you seek out those crevices that things hide and that your mighty light and fire expose them. And we're grateful for each other, Lord. We're grateful for the communion you give with each other, Lord Jesus. And I ask, Lord, that you bless brothers and sisters here, Lord, that are in the cusp, Lord, of letting go of things that are holding them back. You empower them, Jesus, with your word. You direct them, Lord in the way that they need to 